So with the time we have left, listen now, with the time we have left, what I'm, I'm hoping to do is um, in some way take, you know, what you just heard, <clears throat> the testimony, and then uh, also kind of what we heard throughout the week and make application for us as a group. Okay, so, so what we did was, if I can timeline it for us, we prayed before all church retreat, right? Prayed on that Tuesday, the high school play, prayed on uh, Sunday, and then our Bible study prayed, you know, the adults prayed on Saturday. So we we're praying, we we're preparing, trying to get our heart ready to hear from God, right? And then we show up at camp, and as evidenced here, we heard from the Lord, right? There's students who's, who are, are saying, and probably some others of you could say something similar. This is what God told me. He used the man of God to preach the word of God. And by the spirit of God, I heard from God, right? Okay, well, we also are not just a group of individuals, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> We're not a group of, of just individuals. We are the body of Christ. And so you, it's important to understand that because maybe you feel like you went to camp and you didn't hear something individually. Maybe you were confused by the evening sessions. Like, why is this guy talking about whatever he's talking about? That doesn't make sense to me. Okay, I relate. I understand. Let's see the bigger picture, though. Okay, if we as a group were preparing that our hearts would hear from God, well, look, look around. Look what God said to our group. Okay, and now you have to find your part in that. You might not have been convicted to read your Bible to prepare for your Bible study because you don't have a Bible study. Because you're already studying the Bible or whatever the case may be. What is your role? How do we apply what happened to us as a group, as individuals, but as a group? Does that make sense? That's the goal. <clears throat> and, and, and really, it's just going to be some instructions for us for how we do that and how we move forward. So we're going to talk about getting accountable and uh, being accountable and being submitted. And so uh, the first that we'll talk about is, is being accountability with one another. So notice I didn't say finding accountability for yourself. Some of you heard from God. Some of you read your Bibles. And I'm not telling you, you, I am telling you, but I'm not telling you, you need to find someone to hold you accountable. That's not, that's not where I'm going. I'm saying being accountability with one another. Now you're saying, what are you even saying? I don't understand. Let me, let me walk us to that point. So we're going to jump from Galatians chapter six. If you have a Bible, Open to Galatians chapter 6, and as you're turning there, I'm going to briefly give you some context uh, for what happens before chapter 6. Who thinks they know what happens right before Galatians chapter 6? Galatians chapter 5 was what I was hoping you would say. The end of Galatians chapter 5, Paul is telling us what it looks like to walk in the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit are in Galatians chapter 5. He's describing what that looks like, how to do that. <clears throat> and if I were to sum up that, that section, it would be something along the lines of, hey, guys, yield yourselves 
to, to God's spirit, according to his word. And what will happen if you'll just yield yourself to God's spirit by his word, if you'll just obey the Bible, if you'll just spend time in it, what will happen is your disposition, your countenance, your personality, your demeanor, the way you hold yourself, the way people look at you and see you, it will be dramatically different. Okay? So hang with me here. If you yield yourself to God's Word and His Spirit, you get you, you change. You're different. I'll give you a practical example. If I do that in the morning, I yield myself to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. If I meet with Him and I say, God, you're in charge, not me. Well, then I'm one way. If I don't do that and I show up to work, I'm an entirely different way. I have different responses to my students at work. I have different responses to my home. I have different responses to my friends. And so do you. You are different when you're walking in the spirit. You're like, okay, I've heard that before. Hang with me here. So all week... What we've been hearing from God is, hey, get in the Word. Dig in the Word. Study the Word. You do it. You do it. So we heard that. Well, now what? Galatians chapter 6. Okay, he says this. He says, brethren. Hey, if you're walking in the Spirit, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, okay, so let's, let's talk about it briefly. Somebody's overtaken in a fault. If there's somebody in this room, if there's somebody who's part of our family, or maybe they're part, part of your friend group, or someone from school, or your team, or whatever, if you see that they are overtaken by a fault, they've got something going on that's preventing them from walking with us, walking with God, if you see that, if you're spiritual... It's going to tell us the next instructions, but hold on. What does it mean to be spiritual? I mean, I think you could probably put it together. But what does it mean to be spiritual? How do you get to be described as spiritual? Well, walk in the Spirit. If you're walking in the Spirit, guess what? You're being spiritual. You are spiritual. It's not... You know, to, to be spiritual is not to be super strong, okay? Now, this is kind of like what Montana was talking about. You're not impressive. No one in here is impressive. Whoever you think is the most spiritual in this room, they are not impressive. And if you think it's Josh or me, you are sadly, sadly confused. Spiritual people are not strong, to be spiritual is to be super submitted, okay? It's not to be super strong. It's to be super submitted to God's word and God's spirit. It's just to be resolved that, mm, I can't do it. And in my flesh dwells no good thing. So I'm just going to surrender to God, right? Okay, so if that's you, if you decide, I'm going to be super submitted, I'm just going to yield. Here's what he says. It continues. Restore such in one, this person overtaken in a fault, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. Hey, 
Come alongside them and help them. That. What if my friend is addicted to this or that? What if my friend got themselves into this situation? What do I do? What if my friend is depressed? What do I do? How do I restore them? Well, if you don't know, find someone else who's spiritual and they've been spiritual for longer and ask them to help you, right? But, but you and I, if, if we're going to be spiritual, we have that responsibility to restore others. And he says, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So we're called to support and restore our friends in the ministry, as well as those that will be added to the church this semester. There's going to be kids who get saved and bought in with us at Midtown this semester. Kids from your school, they're going to show up. And some of them might be really polished and nice, and some of them might be stinky and janky and messed up looking, and you might be looking at them from across the room like, how'd that person get in here? And then you're going to be like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be spiritual. I'm not a jerk. I'm supposed to go and help that person. Oh, and that person who looks really polished, they're actually not spiritual either. They kind of suck too, just like all of us. I'm going to be spiritual. I'm just going to go up and meet them, love them, right? But watch yourself. Because what's the attitude of the person who looks at the, at the other person, right? If I'm... If I'm, you know, I'm part of this church. I've been here for a long time. So, you know, I'm not overtaking it in the fall. I'm like MBT youth. And then this outsider comes in to my youth group. But we do things the way we do them. And they show up and they smell like smoke. And I think, why is that person in here? Don't they know? Okay. Why does he say, why does he say, uh, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted? Am I going to be tempted to smoke weed with that person who comes in? Maybe. You'd be surprised. It's happened. There have been students who have been MBT students who another kid comes in smoking weed and they take them off and they smoke weed in the car right down the street. And then they get kicked out of church and then they never come back. And our hearts are still broken today, right now. It's awful, but, but maybe that's not you. Adele, I don't think, is going to be tempted by that, right? Looking sideways at that person, what am I, what am I being tempted to feel or have? My head is just swelling, and I don't even know it. I am so much better than that person. They smell like garbage. Oh, they said a cuss word in youth group. <laughs> They'll never be as spiritual as me. And you're like a tick on a dog. And God's looking at you and he says, nah. And he pops it. And it's nasty and messy. You're right. And he's got to dig it out with tweezers and you're all disgusting. Here's the point, okay? Here's the point. Hey, be spiritual. Don't be proud. Help people. Don't be arrogant, right? Okay, and then let's continue here. Let's look at these last few verses of uh, Galatians 6, 1 through 6. He says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Hey, guess what? Good news. We're nothing. 
So don't think about yourself as something. All right. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Okay, what we're getting at is you and I as a group, we are called to bear the burdens of others, okay? We're called to bear, restore people, to help people. That's the ministry that we be part of. Called to not only be helped by your brothers and sisters in here, some of you, you're like, bro, I don't, I'm in that mess right now. You need, to, you need to let someone in to help you. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming up right now, okay? You may need to let somebody in to help you, but you also may need to realize that you are called to at some point grow up. Get over yourself. Now, I don't, I don't mean start. Adulting, like keep track of your checkbook and you probably ought to pay for your phone bill now. I don't care about that at all. Nobody does. You're not impressive when you get your driver's license. That's not growing up. I know lots of children who are over 16 and have their driver's license. Nobody's impressed. Nobody's impressed that you have a job. Nobody cares. You know what we care about in this ministry? in terms of us as a body of Christ, is that you grow up, get over yourself, and help people. The ministry is not made up of whether you can manage a bank account. It's whether you can manage a friendship biblically, right? And that's what we're called to. You have to get to that, point, that, that place. And so here's your first key point. Start with being vulnerable. Your middle schoolers are like, what are you, dude, I can't do that. I'm seven years old. <laughs> but let me tell you, you need to start by being vulnerable. And growing up for you means, and uh, I love you, and I'm not trying to be mean. Growing up for you means shut up. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. You need to shut up when Josh is teaching. Now, what Manny does, you don't shut up, bro. You keep preaching. You keep us in line. But if you're talking and hanging with your friends while Josh is sharing from the word, shut up. And I say that with all due respect, which is none, because you're being disrespectful by talking while he's preaching. Be quiet. Listen. Hear from God. Some of you high schoolers are like, huh, glad he's not telling me to shut up because I'm on Instagram the whole time. Jeff is preaching. Boy. Tell him. <laughs> Manny, get him, okay? You need, to, you need to grow up by making yourself vulnerable, by just humbling yourself before the Lord and before the get Get the, the relationships, the friendship, the healing, the love that you need. Be open to it. But then recognize this, eighth graders or high schoolers or upperclassmen, whatever, you're built and designed and made to grow to a place where you can be someone's accountability. You need accountability. You need someone to hold you accountable. But let's think about it. Or you're reading your Bible. Why don't you 
just in a very friendly way, send a message that doesn't say, have you read your Bible today? Bro, you're nobody's mom. How about you take somebody and say, hey, how can I pray for you? And if they say, leave me alone, you say, thanks for telling me how I can pray for you. <laughs> you got it. But how about, you, how about you initiate being like an older sibling? Even if you're young, maybe you can relate to that. I couldn't relate to that because I didn't have uh, younger siblings. But, but then I met Kylie, and then her brothers kind of became my little brothers. And so I kind of began to see, oh, this is what it looks like to be an older brother. And I don't think that I'm very good at it necessarily, but I kind of see how that works. And I know that I... I can just reach out, be it a listening ear, or I can I can encourage them in, in this way. Or like Josh, Josh texted me last night. He's like, have you guys eaten dinner? And I was like, we're about to eat some cereal. And he was like, yeah, okay. And the dude made food. He made food right after he said, yeah, we don't feel like cooking either. And then he cooked food. Get him, man. Get him. No, no. He said he didn't want to cook food, but then he did it anyways, even though he didn't want to, but he did it because why? Because he was trying to be accountability for me. He was not making sure that I read my Bible, okay? Thanks, Mom. He was trying to support me. He was really trying to support Kylie because she's about to have a baby. You need to be that. Again, we don't want you to be someone's mom. We want you to be their friend. And that's what it means to be someone's accountability. And you ought to be aiming for growing to that place where you're spiritual, meaning you just yield to God's word, you obey it. And then you can, you can minister to others. Okay, the second charge I want to give you is a, a, a little more collective. It's a little more identity. It's a little more philosophy of how we do what we do here. But I'd like us to understand that we need to be a ministry, to be a ministry that, one, be a ministry, two, uh, that understands leadership, okay? And this is not where I'm going to say, I'm in charge, so you better listen to me, okay? That's not where I'm going. If you hear that, that's probably because you needed to hear that, but that's not what I'm trying to communicate I'm trying to communicate that we need to understand we are a ministry and that we're one that understands structure and authority for what it is, not what it isn't, and not what everybody else maybe assumes that it is, okay? So first of all, we are a ministry. Now, a ministry with no mission is like a team with no games. A ministry with no mission is like a team with no games. You understand? If we are a ministry and we don't have an objective, something we are trying to accomplish, we're just like, you know, if the NBA instituted a new team, the Kansas City Kangaroos. And they've been grafted into the NBA. Training camp begins in September. They'll begin practicing. They hired a coach. They have all of the best players, they recruited uh, LeBron James and Steph Curry and all these guys. Just one catch, one catch. They won't be participating in any games this season. What's the point? 
There is no point. Well, if we're a ministry with no objectives and no mission, what's the point? Well, because it's really fun and because we play games and because people love me here. I have friends. These are my friends. Yeah, that's great. What's the point? We have an objective. And you, you maybe you need to hear that. There's a purpose to this fellowship. And if you don't know what it is, please listen to me. Because this is where we're going. And if you don't see the mission that we're trying to accomplish, you're going to feel very confused when someone says something to you or does something in a certain way. Or when I roll in and we've got to get chairs and stuff figured out and you're trying to ask me questions and I say, leave me alone. Go grab a chair, bro. We're doing something. It's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's because there's a mission. Because souls are coming. Because people need minister to, and we've got to prepare for that, right? Does that make sense? Okay, let's talk about it. Because there's a mission, there are roles and structure. Because there's an objective, there are roles and there's a structure that God designed to best accomplish his will. Do I use this analogy? Okay, we need to get this figured out. How many of you like basketball? It's not enough. I can't do it. Okay, let's keep going. All right. So God designs this. He designs these roles and he designs the structure, right? And we see these in terms of authority, right? He puts some people in charge and some people not in charge. You have pastors and elders, and then you have people that are not pastors or elders, right? So there isn't an authority structure, just like you, we talked about in main service. There's Christ, man, woman. Does God think men are more important than women? No, no of course not. You're just assuming what the world has told you if you believe that, right? So hold on, hold on, hold on. So it's the same in regard to pastors and elders. Are they more important, people who aren't pastors and elders? Because if you listen to our church culture, we talk about honoring our pastors a lot. We talk about submitting to them. And if, and if you're not careful, you will believe the lie that, oh, well, they must be more important. That means I need, to, I need to be one of them so that I can be important too. And that's not true. It's not. Everyone's a preach it, Manny. So there's, there's authority and then there's the body, the rest of the body, I'll say. But we also see that the structure of these roles uh, that God designed have to do with function, with different members of the body being gifted in different ways for different things. Ken was up here singing. Some of you would literally pee in your pants if you got up here and sing. Not because you're nervous, but because you would start singing, it would be so terrible that everyone would be like, What are you doing? And then you'd be so ashamed you would just pee. <laughs> because you weren't gifted for that moment, all right? And that's okay because you're, you know, you're really encouraging to people as they come in or whatever. We, can, we could do a study or you could just listen to the mission focus where, where Josh talks through the different uh, spiritual giftings. You're all gifted in such a way to profit the body with all. You have a role and God designed it and he, and he wants to place you and fitly join you in it here in our local church. But you have to understand, you're not here 
to be a clipped off fingernail on the bathroom floor. You understand? Those are gross. And when you show up to our service and you think you don't have a part or you don't want to be a part, and so you're not going to listen, my mommy made me be here, and you're a big baby, you're actually a dirty fingernail on the bathroom floor. So don't be that. (laughs) Tell them, Manny. (laughs) You're also a turd on the floor, okay? He's preaching, man. Okay. So how does that how does that function and work? We have this structure. Well, what's it look like? And I'm going to go to a passage that uh, I usually like to reference and I go to. The Lord brings me here when I'm talking about something uh, else, like just God caring for us. But but he brought me here in a different light. And so if this is a verse, a passage that you've heard me share like a thousand times please just hear it with fresh ears okay fresh ears first peter chapter 5 verse 5 through 7 he says this likewise ye younger submit yourselves unto the elder some people are older and more mature than you spiritually and that's a good thing for you some of you, you, you say, yeah, because I'm four years old. So, of course, they're going to be older and more mature. You say, Jeff, quit, quit calling me young. Okay, you're nine. Sorry. And, and, and it's obvious. But some of you, you're 16. Or maybe you're 17 or 18. And there are people who are older and more mature than you spiritually that are younger than you. And that's good for you. That's good for you. Don't be too proud to be led by someone who isn't as old as your grandpa. Okay? You're not, you're not, you're not my dad because you're only 30. Yeah. God, God gave Josh to you, middle schoolers. He could technically be your dad, but it'd be really strange. Okay? But he could technically be your dad. But for some of you, you know, he's obviously not your dad. But spiritually, in terms of your faith and in terms of your walk with God, maybe you're in high school too. And, and I'm telling this to you. Maybe you're 17. And Josh is the guy that you need to let him father you and lead you. And you need to not be too proud for that. Okay. Or maybe it's one of the other men in here. Or maybe you need to be spiritually mothered by someone who has multiple children and not very much time for you. But you need a mom. Well, you better not be too proud to say, you just, you just tell me a time that you're available and I'll show up. I'll make it happen. You need to tell Tiffany, hey, I know you've got children and they need you. And I respect that. So you just tell me when. And I'm going to show up and I want you to invest in me. Or you need to tell that to Jerry. Hey, I know you've got one kid and he takes up your entire life right now because he's tiny. But you give me an hour and I will have my mom drop me off because I need you to invest in me. We have to be not, we have to be humble enough to do that. Okay. You have to, you have to submit yourselves unto the elder. It continues. Hey, all of you. Okay. All of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. So 
even the leaders are called to be submitted and clothed with humility. Even Sam Miles, Pastor Sam, our head pastor, in terms of earthly leadership and structure and authority, he's it, right? Even he's called to submit himself to us. We can't be too proud to just submit. And Sam does it, man. He's one of the most humble people I know. When he asks me my opinion about things, which he does, I'm like, what? But I don't even want to tell you my opinion. I might mess your ideas up. Like, don't ask me. But this is the first sign of quality leadership, being able to follow and submit. If you can't follow and submit, you will not be a leader in our class. If you can't follow and submit when you graduate our class, you won't be a leader then. If you can't be humble enough to just say to the person who's leading you, whether it's your Bible study leader, your pastor, your teacher, the counselor, whatever, maybe it's just another student that you know is a faith that you're following. If you can't just say, hey, what do you need me to do? Probably not going to be a good leader. And here's why. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. In other words, because God wants to use us for his mission, we have to be bought in with the team. You have to be humble in order to be used. So let me do my best to piece this together. So we're one body. God is calling us to dig in deeper, to obey the word, to, to do Bible study with the lost, to win souls. He's calling us to own it personally but also collectively, and we're called to submit to one another. And we're called to, you know, I'm called to submit myself unto you. And so what that means, if you have an issue or if you have a need or if you have a request or you have something like that, I am biblically responsible for responding to that. I don't get to just say, yeah, Fisher, sorry, I don't have time for you, man. This thing, this prayer request, whatever, just ask, ask Judah, okay? I don't have time for you. No, it's, not like that. it's not like that. So it's kind of like this. Let me, I'm, I'm, I have to do a sports analogy uh, because I just have to. We, we have to prefer the team over the individual accomplishments uh, of ministry, okay? And when we do... God blesses that. If you're looking for a title, God's not going to bless that. Okay? He's not going to bless you just wanting to be seen as, labeled as something that you're not currently. We find this in sports as well. Team chemistry. Okay? It's this phenomenon. How do you, like, how do you quantify a team's chemistry? Team chemistry. Right? How do you put numbers on that? Well, I don't know. It's hard. But it is easy to see. It's easy to see when a team has good chemistry. If you watched anybody play basketball this week, or if you've ever watched a basketball game, or if you even know what the game of basketball is, there's five players on a team, and they have to protect their goal from the other five players on the opposite team uh, from them putting that ball in that goal. 
Okay, they have to prevent that. But then they also have to put the ball, that same ball, into another goal as many times as possible. And they go back and forth scoring and defending. It's really hard to explain, like, what basketball is. So I hope that made sense. Okay, but you have this team, and the better you work together, the more successful you'll be. And you'll see that in, in like, NBA championship teams, right? Brock could go through and list all the teams with great team chemistry. Name three of them right now. Ready? Go. Which, which year? All the years of the Spurs. Okay. Name another one. Look at this man. One more. We all have our weaknesses. Chiefs, okay. Okay, so my point is you can you can see when a less maybe a less talented team like they don't have LeBron James on their team and yet somehow they're like winning games. And it's because they have team chemistry, because they understand one another. They know, I know when I show up what to expect from Chloe. And Chloe knows what to expect from me. And as a result, I cannot worry about Chloe just being another person in here. I know that the thing that she's going to take care of will be taken care of. And I can think about this other thing I'm supposed to. And if you multiply that by all the students in the class, I know what Josh is going to do. I know what to expect from Nate, Brock, Dylan, Manning, and Ken, and Josiah, and, and all these girls, basically. And then most of these boys, I know what to expect. Okay, so when I show up and I see someone who's lost roll into the classroom, I kind of know what's going to happen. And when, when what I expect to happen doesn't happen, well, I found a need. I'm going to go fill it. Because I know these things are taken care of. And then we find success because we're working together in tandem. Okay, even more so for us. You know why? You know why we can be even more successful than those, those teams without a star but are still very successful? You know why we can still be even more successful? Because we have the greatest player on planet Earth on our team, Jesus Christ. We have him in us, hold the Holy Spirit. We have him with us, and we have the greatest coach in the universe, God the Father, calling the shots, leading and guiding, structuring our team, calling the plays. And then you and I, we're just like Shane Battier and Ray Allen. You know those guys? Of course you don't. Because they don't matter, but they had a role, and they mattered a lot at different times on teams that they, you know, those Miami Heat teams, they had everything they needed. They just needed enough players to be on the field, on the court, right? I lost you, sorry. The point is, you and I were nobodies, but Jesus is somebody, and he'll get the job done, but he does want us to participate, okay? He wants us to participate. Last part of this uh, passage, humble yourselves therefore under mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Okay, so once we give up on playing the hero, once we give up on trying to be the important one, once we give up on thinking that it matters what I get when I come to church, and we realize I actually just have a part on this team, I have a responsibility, but my responsibility is absolutely, completely connected with everyone else who's on the team. And if I don't do my part, the team fails. 
And someone else has to cover for what I'm missing, what I'm not doing. Once we realize that you show up and you see that the Murphys are sick, and so, uh uh-oh, I've got to fill that role. I have an important part of this body. Once you get that, you know what God does? Once you've humbled yourself, the Bible says he exalts you. That means he lifts you. He puts you up. But here's your key point. Start with being led. Humble yourself. Learn to lead. And do your part no matter what. Be humble. Buy in. That's what we're doing. And if you don't want to do that, please come around. Please keep coming. Because what's going to happen is the people who do want to do that, they're going to get you. We are going to come and find you. And we're going to minister to your soul and we're going to be your friend and we're going to love you unconditionally and you can run and you can hide. And eventually if you run and hide and you stop coming, we won't be able to get to you because we're not a cult. But <laughs> but we do want you to be here and we do want to minister to you. But if, 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 if you're saying, I do want to be part, I want to see ministry happen and I want God to use me however he sees fit, then you need to learn to lead. And I'm not just talking to the four or five Bible study people, people who do Bible study and lead them or whatever. No, I don't care about that. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Wyatt. Wyatt Otto. If you, wanna, if you want to count for Christ, you want to be part of the team, learn to lead. Grow up, get over yourself, and get to work. And what God will do is he'll say, hey, that guy or that girl, people – People are flocking to them as they serve Christ. As they look like me, I'm going to promote that. And I'm going to promote people to, to follow and flock to that because I know that person's going to take care of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, I said a lot. We'll end with you do your part no matter what, and this thing's going to move. But I will say, this semester, you're going to see people you don't know. And I just wonder, what are you going to do? I mean, are we, we going to grow as a ministry? Are we going to see souls saved and mentored? That means you got to get mentored so that you can mentor someone. Right? Okay, we need to pray. We're going to take a little break, and then Sam's going to preach. He's going to conclude all church retreat for us but we need to pray and um and we need to continue to be led and hear from the lord this morning okay all right let's pray father thank you for your word god thank you for your grace that uh that it covers our insufficiencies and our inadequacies our inability to to actually do anything of value for your kingdom god you cover for that by giving us your spirit and giving us your word and giving us each other and we can simply say, yes, yes, Lord, whatever, whatever it is, whenever, however, I want to obey, I want to do it. And that, God, you'll plug us into the team where we need to be and you'll use us and we'll be blessed by that. I think there are many people in this room who could say what, what I'm going to say.
I think there's several that God, I do not deserve to be used by you in ministry. I don't deserve it. I'm not qualified. I'm not, I mean, it's your faithfulness and your grace mixed with my simple willingness that you use me and I'm so blessed by that. And so God, I give you glory for that. And we as a group, all of us who would say, I think the Lord is using me. We just want to declare to you that we're, we're insufficient, but you are all sufficient. God, that you're doing the work, that you're going to grow this ministry, that you're going to save souls, that you're going to mentor students, that you're going to start Bible studies, that you're going to minister to the lost and the saved as they come into this ministry room and the, and the one next door with middle school, that you're going to grow us, and that you're going to teach us to be humble, that you're going to encourage us to be submitted and accountable, that you're going to use us to be accountability for others. God, this is, this is your kingdom. It's your church. It's your mission. And, and we are your ministry. And so we just look to you and acknowledge you to, to do in and through us what you promised to do. And as we go into next service, Lord, would you use Pastor Sam to speak directly to our hearts what we need to hear. Some of us need to be saved. We need to be touched by you. We need to be reached by your word. Some of us need to be saved, and some of us need to be the one to initiate the conversation about that salvation. Some of us need to be ministers this morning. Would you help lead and guide us through all that? Because if, if we're in charge, if we don't have a coach, we're like, we're like Kyrie Irving, and we're really confused. So, Lord, help us. Lead us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. Take a break. And then, if you would, at least the high school, middle school, you're welcome to join. If Josh says so, we're going to – hey, hey, hey. Hey, one sec. You are dismissed, but let me talk to you while you're dismissed. We're going to sit together in that middle section – Middle school, you're, you're welcome to just follow wherever Josh goes. Don't sit by yourself. Follow where Josh goes. But high school, let's sit in the middle together and bring one of the underclassmen with you. Don't let them escape from your spiritual grip.